0: Righto, guys, we've got some big news. We've got a, uh, our first sponsor come on board with us today. Uh, we'd like to thank the family-owned business in Shepparton, Yenkin and Gale Glass, for coming on board with us. Um, we really appreciate the, the support. They're a family-owned business in Shepparton. Uh, if you need any glass or glazier needs around the Goulburn Valley, contact them. They're at 22 Callister Street in Shepparton. Their phone number is 5821 so yeah, we're really appreciative um and look forward to the future with them. Episode six. Uh
1: plenty happening in the sporting world at the moment. I'm here with Liam. How are you, mate? Good mate. Good to be here. Yep. Uh and we're gonna talk about the golf, what's happening at the moment? You've got the players' championship at the moment. A bit happening around with Chelsea and their owner at the moment. What's happening around there? Uh MBA, plenty happening there. LeBron had a big week. KD dropped fifty-three this morning. And yeah, there's plenty of sports going on with the F1 starting up next week as well. So Liam, we'll touch on the Players' Championship at the moment. Uh, bit of a weather delay over the last couple of days there, but it's yeah one of the toughest courses in golf.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, look, the the weather's been all over the shot. I think we were talking about it off air, the ball off the tee, five or six miles per hour off the tee, but then as soon as it gets above the trees, it's... 40 to 50 miles an hour, blowing an absolute gale. So, so what's that, that's like 65K, 70K? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a fair breeze, especially with a golf ball. You wouldn't be able to do a lot of shot shaping with that. But yeah. um, new man up the top, Lahiri from India. So, look, they haven't played full rounds the last couple of days. Um, a lot of the guys only got, you know, through one round today. Um, but Lahiri, he leads by a shot. Um, had a really good third round. He went five under in the in the last round so he's definitely pushing to be up there but you know we've got some some of the classics who are always in there varna the third he's been up there a lot in the last two years he's been very good um hoagie another really good player paul casey's still around cam smith our boy so it's um it's pretty tight there's only about three shots between the top say 12 so everybody's still in with a chance um But, yeah, so there's a big couple of months coming up. We're actually getting now into all the majors. So um, the Players' Championship, obviously, at the moment. Then you've got the Masters next month at Augusta. So that'll be, you know, a hot topic again. And then you've got the PGA Championship in May. So things are heating up for the big purses now in the the Golf League.
1: Cameron Smith, we just touched on just then. Uh, he's Australia's best player at the moment. He's always in the, around that top 10 area. In fact, I think he's actually 10th at the moment in the FedEx rankings. Correct. He, uh, yeah, he's he's been so solid probably the last 18 <clears throat> months, I'd probably say.
2: Yeah, I reckon he's probably made a name for himself in the last three years, but his last year and a half has been sublime. So, um, you know, he's hundred and eight hundred and sixty points back in the FedEx and mind you, you can win a lot of points in, in one go at some of these um big tournaments. So... He's not too far out of it. Scotty Scheffler leads at the moment. He's just taken over from Hideki Matsuyama. So, and then you've got Tom Hoagie as well, who's actually polling pretty well right now in the Players Championship. So
1: Dustin Johnson's dropped off a bit because there was a stage there, probably same thing, eighteen months ago, a year ago, where he was ahead by an absolute mile. He was winning everything. I don't even think DJ's in the top fifty. Yeah, so right. He he's winning off the he must, he's winning off the course, eh? His yeah, he's misses bloody good looking.
2: <laughs> I. Yeah, he's not even in the top hundred, I don't think. So he's dropped right away. Justin Rose is outside the top hundred. So there's um, yeah, there's a lot of really well known names who we're starting to see drop off a bit, and the new guys are starting to come through, which is really good to see, obviously. But um, of of the new guys, um, who's probably your favourite to probably watch at the moment for when you do watch it? <clears throat> yeah, like we just touched on Cam Smith. He's really good. He he puts a, a lot of effort in. He's a you know he's a a big Big game sort of guy, so his short game's awesome. Yeah, really good player. Of course, um, it's awesome.
1: He's top ten in the yeah, PGA. Like right. you're not going to be
2: on the tour without it. Um, Morikawa, yeah. um, I think yeah. we touched on him before as well um, off air. Just that the approach he has with his iron shots, just yeah. the precision that he has. That slow back draw, second to none. Um, and Matsuyama as well. The I believe he's Japanese. Yeah. Um, another yeah. one of those Asian players, just with a beautiful stroke. So. Those guys are, you know, they're the new age coming through and it'll be really interesting to see where golf goes in the next few years as well. So what about you? Who who are some of the guys that you've you've grown up watching or, you know, really taken an interest to and love their career sort of thing? Like who
1: are... Uh, to give me, but Phil Mickelson as a left-hander for myself. Like I go and play at the Shep Golf Club and hit 50 off nine and I feel like I've learned a lot from his videos by doing that. So oh, he's he's like we were talking about, he's... If Tiger wasn't around, he would have won that many championships.
2: Oh, it would have been. Like, Phil would have had all the sponsorships. Yeah, yeah and
1: he, he's Tiger's biggest rival. So, 100%. Uh, yeah, definitely Phil Mickelson. I loved him. I loved Jason Day a couple of years ago. Loved it. hes He was the best putter in the uh, – I was going to say the NBA. Uh, the <laughs> best putter in the PGA there for a while. He was number one for a little while. Yeah, he was number one. Yeah. yeah. Um, of the new guys, I like Victor Hovland. He's really good to watch. I know a lot of people are sort of a bit standoffish of him, but I don't mind Justin Thomas Mm. as well. Um, I reckon he's sort of good to watch. He's sort of in that sort of – there's sort of like a group of them. You've got him, Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Koepka, all those sort of guys. I think they're all sort of entertaining in their own way. And um, like we touched on in the other episode about uh, the Saudi league and all that sort of stuff, there's a a lot of new up-and-coming sort of golfers ready to take that mantle off. Tiger, Phil – Uh, a lot of bikes like that. So it is good to watch.
2: Yeah. I personally um, loved watching Henrik Stenson through the mid-2010s. You know, he would smoke that 3 The Swede. The Swede. He would take the three-wood and he'd take it 330 yards. You know, he was just unreal to watch. But um, I do have to give a shout-out to John Daly, my man. Yeah. Siggy's on the golf course, a few froffies, don't have to be a prime athlete to be a gun golfer, and he just he stood for everything I believe in. I wonder, if, yeah, <laughs> I wonder if him and Warnie ever met. Yeah, to be, that'd be two. Just yeah, they the early. The era-
1: the earth would probably rotate upside down if those <laughs> two were in the same casino, or think,
2: together, I reckon. But, but um, even even Rory, back in the um, late 2000s and stuff, you know, his swing is phenomenal. I yep. think everybody talks about how they love being grouped with Rory because they feel good about their own shot swing watching him play. They just think it's so pure. So do love watching a bit of Rory as well. Yeah. And obviously you can't go past
1: Tiger, but that's a, just an absolute gimme. Um, EPL at the moment. A lot happening over the last couple of days in terms of uh, standings, I guess you could put it that way. Uh, Bronson's favourite team, Tottenham, ended up playing his Manchester United and there's a bloke, I don't know if you've heard of him, Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, he's a bit of an up and Brazilian fella, isn't he? Uh, he's, Portu- he's Portugal, oh, but uh, yeah, he's he's only about 35, kicked about 804 career goals, the most ever, but... Yeah, he he scored a hat-trick and he, he got them in the lead three times in a row. And there's a bloke that I need to give a shout-out to who we might hear about later on, uh, Christian Romero, who plays for Tottenham. Uh, he basically, Harry Maguire for Manchester United kicked an own goal. It was a bit of a mishap. It was a cross ball that come in and he's just sort of deflected with his foot trying to kick it out of bounds and it's gone into the own goal. Anyway, uh, this young Christian Romero sort of got in his face and started yelling at him and laughing at him for the own goal at the 72-minute mark just for Ronaldo just to score a clutch header about five minutes later and give him the win. So United really needed that too because they're in fifth and they've got three or four games uh, advanced on Arsenal who are in fourth at the moment. Yep. So, and Arsenal had a good win this morning as well. They won, I believe it was 2-0 against Leicester. Yep. They had Thomas and Lacazette scored a penalty as well. So, Arsenal really needed that. Well, the, or sorry, Manchester United really needed that even more than what Arsenal did. But it just gives them that bit of a buffer now, which Arsenal have been the sort of shit show for a few years and people have sort of hung it on them. But they've, uh, it looks like they've turned, turned the corner for now. <clears throat> a few other games you had Leeds United versus Norwich this morning bit of a salad dweller bit of your bit of your Gold Coast North Melbourne type setup there but it was quite a quite a dramatic finish I only watched the highlights for it but geez that was enough because Norwich leveled it in the 91st minute to make it one all and you go there's only four minutes of injury time that's unreal and one of the young fellas for Leeds has just gone bang. And he's actually from Ukraine at the moment, and, and he's just gone bang and hit the 94th-minute winner. <laughs> last, last touch of the game, and uh, he's taken them out of the relegation zone by a bit of a buffer. So well done to the young man there. And uh, Barcelona at the moment, they've sort of – they're becoming the arsenal since Messi's left. They've been absolutely shocking. But they had a 4-0 win the other morning against Osasuno, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, not a big fan of the La Liga, but um, they brought in Aubameyang from Arsenal and that was a really good move by them and a couple of young blokes like Foreign and that have really uh, stood up for them. So that's been good. You also had the Champions League over the last fortnight, which has occurred and PSG are absolute fraud. I'll tell you right now because... They, they've had this goal to a set accomplished. They've won that many League One titles because they're in a farmer's league, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, they've won those titles convincingly mm-hmm. and they've said, that we want to win the Champions League, we want to win the Champions League. You've brought in Neymar and Mbappe and you've got Messi as your front three. Like, far out. That's like…
2: That's a dream team right there. Yeah, that's like having it.
1: Dustin Martin, Patrick Dangerfield and Lance Franklin in the same team all in their primes, <laughs> although Messi is on a little bit, so I do get that. They had a, a three-goal three buffer against Real Madrid. And Karim Benzema, who's been fat-shamed over the years, just goes, boys, I'm going to stick three in the onion bag and just stick it up yous." So they're, they're mm. out of the Champions League. Um, Bayern Munich just doing Bayern Munich things, winning 7-0. Jeez. Uh, Lewandowski kicked another hat-trick, and <laughs> he's, he's the best striker in the world. He has been for probably the last three or four years. Liverpool had a good win, 2-0. Uh, Seller first player to reach 20 goals in the Premier League after only 29 games, which is just naughty. So that's good to watch as well. And right at the top, you've got Man City and uh, Liverpool. Liverpool's obviously still three points behind, so neither team have dropped points over the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, it's ramping up now. That's for
2: sure. See, um, I don't know heaps about this. Obviously, this sort of is like the percentage... Like the AFL would have the goals difference, goal difference, yeah. And Liverpool a plus fifty three, Man City a plus fifty, Chelsea are worth mentioning on plus thirty eight, but then Arsenal is plus fourteen. There's yeah. a huge discrepancy between those top three, and, and then, it, then the bottom, and then say the next five, they're not even close.
1: Yeah, so the only time goal difference comes in, it's similar to the AFL, is if you're on your, the same points at the end of the year yeah. or and yep. whatever it is, but.
2: It's yeah. a lot of goals. There's difference. a few thrash, <laughs> There's a few
1: thrashings in there. And oh, I'm sure. Like uh, Edison, the keeper for Man City, he's got the most clean sheets I believe with 15. Yeah. And Allison from Liverpool's got 14. So you a lot of games that are a lot of three to four nils and stuff like that. Yeah. The game's tied up by halftime. So they played. Well, Liverpool has Man United next week, and then in I think it's about three weeks' time, Liverpool versus Man City, which is just it's going to be big. Yeah. yeah. And there's big talks at the moment. Man City are trying to get Erling Haaland, which is basically he's been looked at as you which know he, play? he plays at uh, Borussia Dortmund. He's a striker, yeah.
2: And he, is he the blonde-haired fella, yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So he's only like 19 years of old, and he's just scoring for fun. Like yeah. he's he's averaging more goals in games, which is in soccer <laughs> yeah, right. in soccer terms is just <laughs> That's it's mental. Like Salah's is about I think it's around 70, yeah, 70, yeah, percent yeah. So he's. He's an up-and-coming feller, and I think City they get him. That's curtains for the for the rest of the competitions because yeah, they just got obviously they've got that sort of uh, Saudi Arabian money as well.
2: Oh, it's Man City you're talking about, yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: Newcastle's a team like that, yeah, which is very. So what's similar. the go with
2: Newcastle? They've got some pretty big, you know, investors in them. Why don't how? Are we ever going to see them rise into that top echelon? Is that...
1: Yeah. Well, we've already seen it because they were second last, I believe, before the transfer closed. Oh, really? And then they've brought in Kieran Trippier, who was at Atletico Madrid, um, and then a few other blokes that they're playing absolute overs for, like playing blokes uh, $30 million in transfers that are probably worth your five to tens. Yeah, right. Just because they can do it. And the money that Newcastle have in comparison to Man City is like 40-fold. Like,
2: like Newcastle has more than Man City. Yeah, as, oh in, God.
1: as in the owners. Yeah. I think the owners, I'm just... Like their net I'm, worth sort yeah. of thing. So yep. I'm just going to give a ballpark figure. I don't actually know it. But I believe, say, Manchester City might be $20 billion, right? Yep. Uh, the owners of Newcastle, I think it's like $400 billion okay. that they have there. So yeah, right. um, I reckon as of next year, you're going to see them go. Up and up and up. So,
2: uh, other than them and obviously outside the big sort of four clubs, who are the teams that we you know, can actually expect a few top eight or top six finishes from? Are there is there anybody who uh, yeah. springs to mind that's going to shoot up soon, do you think? Or? West,
1: West Ham's right up there this year. I believe they're sixth at the moment. So West Ham
2: always used to be all right, didn't yeah, they, back they were, in the early they were 2000s and stuff? that sort of stuff.
1: middle of the table, yep. but they've done really, really well this year. Um, who else was there? you probably got Leicester again. They're still... There's still a team that can shock teams and Jamie Vardy's had one of the greatest careers and he'll have a documentary about him one yeah, day, okay. I reckon. Yeah. Um, uh, the Wolves can do it sometimes, uh, Wolverhampton, that is. Yeah, there's a, there's a few teams that can come up and shock you, but in terms of, like you said, the top four, I don't really see much of it no, okay. from yeah, there. So, so
2: we'll sort of still see Chelsea, Liverpool and Man City for a while, you think? Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think so. Man United... Potentially Arsenal, maybe Tottenham frauds, as yep. we've alluded to. And I reckon Harry Kane leaves at the end of this year because he was supposed to leave at the start of this year and he stuck around.
2: If he leaves, does he leave the EPL? Is it, well, is City, it common? City so were think?
1: chasing him this year yep. and he, I don't think he wanted to go purely from the basis of he Didn't want to stay in the EPL if he wasn't yeah so Tottenham. I wouldn't know where he'd go, but yeah, very interesting. So yeah, okay. All right, we'll uh, we'll head to a break now. Bit of NBA, bit of the cricket after this, and uh, we'll be back.
2: Right, oh, we'll touch on some cricket now. Some big games going on domestically. Uh, we've just had the One Day Cup finish. Um, I think that might have been on Friday or Saturday. And we've obviously got the test going on in Pakistan at the moment. So we'll jump into that first. The test, um, I watched most of it the last couple of days. Um, Uzi, 160. Absolute, you know, cemented that spot up the top for, you know, at least probably another 12 months. You know, making runs outside of Australia is very important to the selectors. So he he will be... um, he will definitely have a spot for a little while. Marnus ran himself out. You know, he'll be dirty on that. He needs to probably actually, he needs to um, work on that definitely. He just needs to be a bit more cool. Smithy, 70-odd. Good dig. We needed something. We needed a partnership with him and Uzi or it could have been pretty scarce. Then Nathan Line as the night watchman, 38. Actually batted really well for his 38, which is um, not like Lino, but good on him. Um, Travis Head and Cam Green in the 20s. Um, small partnerships, but the the man who was probably actually closest to being dropped, Alex Carey, has come out and belted ninety three, um, and got us to eight for five hundred and five. So it's not as much as a road as it was last week. I don't think the ball does keep a bit low. I think we've actually sort of worked it out a bit how to play over there and how to play their bowlers. I think you know they've had some negative tactics through the first two days, like bowling down leg, trying to just kill the run rate sort of thing but you know once you get to that 500 mark in the first innings Australia will be thinking we don't need to bat again we just got to roll these guys now so it's um you know if Cummins and Stark can put on another 50 and then Swepo can hit a few and we can get to that five sixty five seventy mark I think um we'll definitely just be looking to bowl the last two and a half days so hey say so you
1: you're more of a cricket man than me, but they say you have to wait for the other team to bat to see what it's really like. It's true. Yeah.
2: But do they? Do Pakistan have that good of a sort of a top order, if you will, compared to Australia's? Yeah. So I think, um, I think we saw last test, even though it was a bit flat. Um, al Haq, and the other opener whose names just escaped me, um, can definitely stand up to the the pressure of good bowling and good quick bowling, but. It is one of those things. You can't judge a pitch until both teams have batted on it. So, you know, Pakistan might come out and do the same thing, all out for 600 or something, and we got another a draw. Um, but I think we've got picking Swepson in this test with Lyon. Um, Who did he replace? Um, yeah, so Swepson replaced Hazelwood, which I don't know. That's I think it's interesting. I think Hazelwood's actually probably, him and Pat Cummins are definitely walk-up starts to pick Stark. Oh, look, don't get me wrong, I don't hate Stark, but I think that we probably could have just used some line and length bowlers when Swepson and Lyon weren't operating. And you've obviously got Cameron Green as well who can bump it up to 140 and bowl really well. So, um, I don't know, it's an interesting choice. You know, we obviously won't know until Stark's bowled. He might come out and clean up a few at the start and we might be, you know, they might be three for 30 with him steaming in. But um, I think Australia's... We have never really been good in the subcontinent for the last ten years. Every time we go over there, the ball spins too much, or if it's not spinning a lot, it's bouncing a lot, or you know they're picking three spinners and we pick one. But I think bringing Swepson in as that right arm leg spin, and you've got Lyon as the off spin, it gives you just that good variation. You've got you've got everything to choose from, um, and then you know you don't have to be on Smith and Labuschagne sort of thing who are just not. Not terrible bowlers by any means, but you need that yeah. special two specialist spinners in the subcontinent. I think they've finally got it right. Um, but yeah, we're just about to start the third day, so it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Um, but I guess we've also just had the one day cup in um, Australia finish the 50 over format, uh, which was taken out by Western Australia, the two most successful one-day sides in the Australian tournament that has been since it started. Um, what WA have won 15 titles and S- New South have won 12. Yeah, right. So, and it's only been around for 40 years, and I think they've won 27 of them. So they dominate a lot. But Do you, do you think that the one-day and probably
1: even Sheffield Shield now has sort of dropped off from what it was, or do you think it's improving or just about where
2: it's at? Do I you- honestly think that the – look, from – someone who follows cricket and has always followed cricket, state-level cricket in Australia is the second best type of cricket in the world. Our state cricket is outside international cricket. The state-level cricket is the best competition in the world. I don't care who hears this. It's true. Yeah. So it's hard to say. We've always had really good bowling stocks. We always have fast bowlers. We always have really good quicks. We always lack a spinner every now and then, and especially you know we had Warney for so long, and then you had Stuart McGill behind him, who still took two hundred Test wickets. So we were blessed for a long time with great spinners, and then we had a lean patch where Horritz, Dan Cullen, um, there was a few others that got picked. Um, okay, Marcus North. I don't know if I don't know if O'Keefe played. Yeah, Marcus. He, but Marcus he definitely North. played some Test crickets in the la- uh, Test cricket in the last five years. I'm talking more like. 13 years ago or so when Warney retired, we had a lot of experimenting to do and we just didn't have that really, really good spinner. And now I guess you look and we've got Lyon, who's taken 400 test wickets, who's been as good as a replacement you could ask for. Um, You've got Swepson coming through now who bowls low, flat, um, hard spinning leggies, gets a lot of um, bat pad catches, caught behinds, a lot of bowls through the gate sort of thing. Um, and then I guess you've got Zampa in the one-day cricket and the, and the white ball cricket. Who's a very very good spinner with the white ball. Um, so I guess I think now it's probably our batting stocks between uh, say five and the five and six spot are a real question. I think Cameron Green is going to get the nod for a while. He can bowl one forty. He can bat at six. He's you know he's just there. Um, he, he gets in for a lot because he can do obviously both. Travis Head is 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 a weird one he's very attacking at a number five which you can be when you have a good platform but i see that he goes out a lot the same way and he actually goes out to playing his strength shots sometimes so i think he goes too hard too early you know he can build a quick 100 and 150 or something like that but when you're playing in the subcontinent you need to really get used to the pitch before you start flying outside the off and you really start trying to take over cover and all those kind of shots, sort, sort of like, sort of like Warner back in the
1: day when he was the same thing. Like Warner he'd get was it to his own strengths as Warner well. Warner was,
2: yeah. But the thing with Warner was, is you knew what you were going to get with Warner. Whereas Travis Head, he'll come out sometimes and he'll, I think in the in the test, the Ashes, he he was scoring it like a runner ball and he was coming out and he was going for it from ball one. Whereas when he gets to Pakistan or overseas, you'll see that one big shot and over like a release shot. I don't know, like. Obviously, he's a fantastic cricketer. I'm not taking away from that. But I think that for him to go forward, he needs to probably find a more of a defensive mindset early on and then probably wait till he gets to that 80 to 120 balls out in the middle and then start playing his shots. I feel like he goes out facing 50 or 60 balls a lot and he only gets to 20, 25. So, I don't know. Very good player, don't get me wrong. But that's the problem we're having at the moment. Top order with Uzi making all these runs. David Warner is obviously going to get picked because... You know, he's been a stalwart up there for so long. Smithy and Labushane are going to be at three and four. It's really that number five spot that's open, you know, and that's, that's probably where we're struggling now is to find a really good, strong middle order bat. Sean Marsh is probably past it. He's been a fantastic player, but it's just um, it's probably not a lot coming through. You know, Will Bukowski, when he was coming through, he was an opener. We just find to tend to have a lot of top four batters who are very good. And then that five or six spot, you know, your Moses on reeks or someone like that might get a look in, but it's hard to sort of gauge where Australian cricket is going to go. Say when Warner goes, we're going to need to find someone and he's not too far away. Um, but I guess the rest of the side, we're still trying to find that niche. You know, the bowlers are set. The bowlers are, they're going to bowl for the next probably five or six years with Hazlewood and Cummins. But um, other than that, I do think the state, Comp is still very strong, but I just think we're lacking in some areas. I think everybody wants to bat at the top, which is fine. And if you want to be a good batsman, you're going to want to bat in the top four. Yeah. So looking to bat number five or six, they're not easy spots to bat, but someone's going to have to do it. I think Travis Head does a good job, um, but I just wonder if someone could possibly do a better job than him.
1: While we're on our favourites before we go to a break, we talked about our golfing favourites. What about cricketers for you? Um, probably growing up as well as probably at the moment, who do you love to watch?
2: Yeah. Um, oh, God, there's a lot. I guess all the Australian side have loved for a long time. Hayden and Ponting were probably my two favourite batters there for a long time. Haydos would just, you know, big barrel chest out, walk at the bowl. As Him even and like Langer, a, that combo oh, was so fantastic. Unreal. Yeah. Um, and then I guess... Yeah, probably... McGrath's a fantastic player. I didn't really love watching him that much. He wasn't, you know... I probably would have preferred to watch... He was more line and length. He, he was, he was. Don't get me wrong. Extremely good player. Deserves every every prop he gets. Uh, Shane Horne, obviously, just fantastic. Um, but I'd probably look outside of Australia if I was to pick some of my favourite players. Dale Steyn. Definitely one yep. of my absolute favourites of all time. He was scary quick. And him and Mornay Morkel back in those late 2000s, early 2010s, they were the hardest um, hardest opening bowling partners you could face. Um, and then I guess you probably look at um, Jacques Cullis as well. I yep. love the South African side as well. How can you not? De, De Villiers. Like, yeah, De Villiers. Even Graham Smith when he broke his hand and then he kept batting yeah. and almost got him over the line like... I don't know the South African players are. I think they're very similar to Australians. They, you know, they love their cricket and they they are competitive beasts. Um, they're or aggressive, love, aggressive. They side. are, yeah. they are, and they get under Australia's skin because they know that you know Australia don't like them, and it's how it is. But you know, they were kind of like one of the very first teams to really stand up to that extremely good Australian side in the late nineties, early two thousands, and then it's just continued. They bomb out of tournaments all the time, and they can never win a World Cup, but. Um, I guess then you look at New Zealand as well. I really like some of the New Zealand players. Kane Williamson is obviously one of the best cricketers we've you ever just, seen. You've just stolen my uh, <laughs> one that I was going to pick. So. Oh, oh, there's there's so many. Uh, you know, Ross Taylor. He was after Stephen Fleming. They were um they were a bit of a joke side New Zealand there for a while. Um, you know, they used to go wherever they used to go. They used to just get smacked, even when they played in New Zealand. But when Ross Taylor came into the side, you could sense a change in the dynamic in the side. He would put himself up the top. He would come out, and he'd be not so much aggressive, but he'd be strong in defense, um, you know, very hard to get through, and he'd peel off some big runs. And, you know, a lot of New Zealand top-order bats, you know, when they were averaging 40, they were considered some of the New Zealand greats, whereas the Australian greats, you know, averaging 50-plus. And then when Ross Taylor came in, he was averaging about forty eight or forty nine, so he was clearly best than what they'd had. And then Williamson came in, and he went to another level, averaging fifty two or fifty three. So, um, yeah, in terms of, I love all those guys. You know, they've been so good to watch. Uh, I used to love watching Herschel Gibbs and Sean Pollock from South uh, South Africa as well, um, Muri. From Sri Lanka, he could yeah. he could make the ball talk that bloke, especially on a dusty bowl in Colombo. Like he'd yeah. make him he'd make him talk. But he could. um Yeah, they're probably some of my favorites.
1: Yeah, nice. For me, probably up there as well. I used to love MS Dhoni for some reason oh, as well. Yeah. He yeah. he was like that sort of gilly for, for mm. them over there. Um loved watching him. Some reason, I don't know, he only played a couple of tests throughout that period, but on a windy pitch. Ben Hilfenhaus used to oh. swing the ball a mile. Uh, obviously, he didn't get too much of a run at it, but for some reason, he just he stuck in your head after all these years. I don't know why I just brought that up, but
2: he was always probably like the fifth or sixth bowler there for a long time. You know, he had there was a lot of good. Like I said, we've yeah. never been short of fast bowlers, but yeah. Hilfie was, you know, he would terrorise people in state level cricket.
1: Yeah, you had blokes like Stuart <clears throat> Clark and oh, Bracken yeah. and that ahead yeah. of him. So, no, that's good. We'll go to a break. And then uh, after this, we'll touch on a bit of NBA. And Tom Brady today actually has uh, said he's going on for his 23rd season. He said he's retired and then he's come back. He's made more comebacks than John Farnham by the sounds of it, but he'll be back as well. Time for a bit of NBA chat now. Uh, Corey's just rocked up. He's had every excuse under the sun. Oh, my car's flat. Me man died. <laughs> my me me, uh, uh, oh. cat jumped over the fucking mountain rainbow. Tell us about it, mate. You've just rocked up now, only three hours late.
0: Tell I was just know. rocked up. I'm a working class man. I've been pulling down fences for a, for a mate this morning. Um, and then I had to go and, <laughs> go and run a couple of errands. And I'm here.
2: Bit of blue-collar stuff, mate. Working blue, hard. Yeah,
0: getting my hands dirty for once.
1: <laughs> oh, well, when we take off, mate, you'll be fine. You won't have to work a day a day again. Uh, starting five, which we started, I think, the last three weeks, um, has been interesting. Trey Young, for me, goes at point guard. He had 47 Nuggets this morning in uh, their win over Indiana. He had 27 in another game and 27, so... I just wish he'd have that little bit of consistency about his game because he can drop off and go a bit missing. Like, against Detroit, my boys, yeah, he was shooting the rock terribly and he only had 14, but, yeah, when he's on, he's on. So
2: Yeah, so I had a look at the two-guard position this week and I think Luca just edges out a couple. He's been averaging just over 30 points, around 10 rebounds a game and six assists, So, and I think they've won a few of those games as well, so he's had a good week.
0: Uh, so I think I've got the small yes, forward, forward, small forward position. Uh, Not a we... very
1: small forward, though. Be no, fair.
0: we're going LeBron, aren't we? Who LeBron?
1: Yeah, oh, Who? LeBron James. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, LeBron's um, his form's just kept, kept carrying on. He's carrying that Lakers team has been for a while now since uh, our boy Russell Westbrook doesn't want to do anything. Which oh, he turns it over. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he's good for the other side. <laughs> <laughs> um yep LeBron in in there easily, and Power forward is Kevin Durant. He has had a pretty handy last week or so. Uh, in that week, he dropped a 37, six and eight game, a 31, four and four. and was it today? He dropped against the Knicks 53, six, nine assist, and two steals. so pretty handy, pretty handy seven last seven days. Yep.
1: and the favourite for the MVP at this stage, he actually is in the power rankings, Liam, with the head shake. Nikola Jokic has had a big week as well. Um, I think he's averaging 30 points, 13 rebounds and six assists roughly. So I'm literally just looking at the screen now. He is. So uh, that's good. Uh, that's our starting five for the
0: week. Uh, your cats, Yes. It's been all right? We have. Um, last episode... We touched on the win over Memphis, Memphis, and then the next day, I think it was the next day or two days later, got the W over the Lakers. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. A couple of wins, but we're back on the losers uh, losers column now. Back yeah. to where we belong. But it was good to be at the top there for a little bit.
1: Right, now we'll <laughs> talk about some of the playoff teams. The Pistons have been really good recently. Cade Cunningham's just showing his true colours about being the rising star or... Whatever you want to call it, Jaylen... I don't
2: know if fourteenth gets you into the playoffs though. Unfortunately, if
1: we, I think if we win every one of our last
0: games, we still can't even make the
2: play-ins.
1: So,
0: nah, that's my boy. Jalen Green is putting in a case, a late case. It's not going to happen. But nah, the last late. last two weeks, or well, since the All Star break, he's been um, playing really well, putting up some good points. So he, I think he had about eight games in a row with twenty plus points. Yeah, he'll time...
1: be playing in the Philippines in about three years. So. <laughs> <laughs> nah, what about your Toronto Captors, mate?
2: Yeah, actually, I gave them a bit of a bath last week. Didn't think that they were good enough, but they've actually bounced back real strong this week. Three wins in a row, one game behind the sixth-place Cavs, and we beat Denver and that soy boy Jokic um, (laughs) as well as the Suns. So a couple of good wins. And, you know, Gary Trent hit 40 the other day and then had an average game against the Nuggets. But Scotty the Roddy's been playing really well. So, yeah, I think um, play-ins is probably where we'll end.
1: Nah, that's good, boys. Um, any other chat on the NBA before we move on? Or
0: Portland have been pretty shit. Yeah,
1: and actually, on top of that, you just made me remind. Last week, I said who's a big mover, someone that could make a big difference. I said the Pelicans. Well, they've been fucking shit this week. They've got smoked by yeah. every team, and they're done.
0: They have been average.
2: I, um, I think the the Nets. You know we've been talking about them. Are they frauds? Are they going to be there? They've got three wins in a row, and they're two and a half games behind the Raptors in seventh. So the way that KD's going, Kyrie's had a fifty game recently. It mm. <laughs> could be um, they could move up. You know they may not finish in the top four bracket, but they don't need to. They just need to be there.
0: The um, Timberwolves have been playing well lately. They're, they're eight and two in their last ten. So uh, and they've had. Plays in and out like your Beverly and um, Delo's been in and out, pissing me off in my fantasy team. Um, Where are you? Which on has the gone to in your fantasy which actually? has gone to absolute shit. I've <laughs> had Go Bear go down. I've had CJ McCollum get COVID because apparently that's still a thing in the NBA. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I've just, uh, just yeah gone so tense, so, so tense. Oh, I haven't I haven't moved from tenth. I I keep winning games, but I just can't get up the ladder. You so. didn't win last week. Against anyway, me. there's it's always weird next you keep year.
2: Winning games and you can't move up the ladder.
0: Well, <laughs> no one up the top. I, I I win games and the top three kept losing, so it's always the middle teams that kept winning. I couldn't go up above them because they kept winning and the top kept losing. And um, we can blame that on Brof here. He's uh, I don't think he's going to any further than the uh, second round. I'm going to say. It. Would
1: you say I'm second? Yeah, I am at the moment. So. <laughs> um, Another team that's sort of been a bit fraudulent over the last week. I know it's only a small sample size, but the Sixers they got absolutely schmocked by the Nets the other day. It was like thirty points. It was over halfway through the second quarter, yeah. and they only just went to OT against the Magic today, which they should have lost. So that's um, a Magic. Oh,
0: jeez, they did too. Yeah,
1: they were they were horrible. James Harden was throwing up bricks like he was Russell Westbrook, and uh, yeah, they well, were no
0: good. Wendell Carter Jr. from the Magic's really started playing well. like the, I had him in my fantasy early this year. I drafted him, actually, I think. Um, and I got rid of him because he was pissing me off. He wasn't do much, doing much. And he's now he's, he's getting... Yeah, he's putting up good numbers. Like today against Embiid, um, he put up 23, 12, 2 and 3 blocks. That's pretty good, pretty good line against the premier centre of the league. Um, they're a pretty exciting team, actually. Like young side, Cole Anthony you can put it together on his day, which is... He's a poor shooter, but... Um, He's exciting to watch. That Franz Wagner, he, I like watching him. He's, he's a pretty handy. Mark L.
1: Fultz has been back in a bit of form. Mark L. F-
0: yeah, well, 18, 18 minutes, eight points, four rebounds, 11 assists, and two steals. Yeah. That's pretty handy. And he's shooting well. Like he was only five from seven of the field, but.
1: That was his big knock at the sixes, they were. Yeah, that was
0: shoot. why they. Yeah, his shooting mechanics were a bit haywire, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, Magic are a team to watch for the next couple of years, I reckon. Same as the Rockets.
1: Jake Kelly there, <laughs> mate. Yes. Um, NRL first week this week. I know you boys love it. Wouldn't have watched a second of it, but I I tuned in for a little bit when I wasn't having a couple of froppies. Um, Panthers kicked off their campaign from last year. They started the year off. They weren't even favourites in this game, really? so they're versing the Manly Sea Eagles, which are you know, fifth or sixth best side, and they were paying a dollar sixty odd. Panthers weren't favourites and they absolutely smacked them. So that would have been money for Jim. A reckon.
0: lot of injuries in this first round. Is yeah, there, there like is. Yeah, a few ACLs. Yeah,
1: a bit going. A few heady. A few head concussions, which is typical of mm-hmm. the NRL. But yeah, there were some big upsets though throughout the week. Like the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who made the grand final against uh, the Panthers last year, they got done by the Broncos, who were the worst team in the NRL last year. They only scored four points.
0: How did um? How did our Bulldogs go. Ooh, yep.
1: Yes, and that's what I'm. How yep, did our boys to. go? They had a tough, tough fought win. Oh. Actually, they won six four. So it was a riveting game. I'm shattered. I missed it. <laughs> is against... this
2: in the EPL? Is it? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, six. Sorry, four. I missed that. But I actually have. I've had a bit of a discussion throughout the week with one of my friends, Harley. He's from Sydney, and uh, he's he's had a go at me and probably Shano as well, who picks the team Canterbury Bulldogs because apparently Canterbury represents the Eshays from Sydney and they all wear the bum bags and all that That's towards all right. the game. So right. mind a couple of Adlaids. Do we, do, do we want to represent the Eshay bar? Eshay bar. Of
0: course we do. Eshay
1: Well, we'll move on forward with the Bulldogs then. Um, I'm Harley,
0: Harley will turn into an Eshay up there. Surely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can picture him with a bum bag. <laughs>
1: The the locals for us, Melbourne Storm had a got the chalkies and the Sydney Roosters, which everyone was big on them returning this year, they got smoked by the uh, Newcastle Knights, twenty to six. So just a little wrap on the NRL there, and uh, yeah, thought I'd give you more of an insight than probably the listeners, but it's all good. Uh, go The dogs go the dogs. <laughs> so we're gonna save the. Uh, SC, MVP, and Fraud Awards, as well as the quiz for the AFL special episode. So tune into that. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the Around the World coverage, and we'll be back with episode seven.